You're listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews from experts around the world. We highlight the latest and most interesting trends and bring you information on human rights and international humanitarian law. My name is Nikita Lorenzo Pauling, and we are broadcasting from the Ralph Wallenberg Institute in Lund, Sweden. Today, we're speaking to Hanifa Jirawal, who's a researcher with the RWI Afghanistan program and has previously held positions in the UN and as a Kabul deputy governor. Today, we'll mainly talk about her research report titled The Vicious Cycle of Women's Rights Violations in Afghanistan and the Need for Accountability. Welcome, Hanifa. You've been a research fellow with the RWI Afghanistan program this year, and this interview is mainly going to touch on human rights and your research focus within the field. So can you tell us a little bit about your interesting career and background and what made you get into human rights in the first place? I actually started my uh, career with working uh, with uh, Watcher Canada, and um, after that, uh, in Watcher Canada, actually, we were working um, with the victims of domestic violence, um, women who were uh, facing a- abuse at houses and also at workplaces. Um, and it was um, actually through my work um, in there that I really got interested in the field and particularly in supporting uh, women who are facing domestic violence. And I tried to understand the root causes of this issue um, even back then at the start of my career uh, because most of the time I was uh, seeing that uh, a lot of women who were well-mannered, who were um, good women, who were uh, making sure their uh, family is doing well, who were contributing to the housework, supporting the family, not only their own family, but also their in-laws, their husband's family, they were working women, yet they were, uh, their families were never never happy with them, specifically their husbands were never happy with them. So that was something that um, really um, motivated me to continue my work in the same field, and um, uh, that's why I uh, started working with Afghanistan Independent Human Rights Commission after that. And I worked there for um, uh, almost uh, um, the huge part of my career. Um, And and I worked at the AIHRC for uh, the longest part of my career. Uh, uh, In AIHRC, I have worked in different departments uh, where uh, we were working with the, uh, the women rights department at the start and then I started working with another department which was mainly focused on supporting the Afghanistan National Defense and Security Forces, uh, monitoring the human rights situation within ANDSF and also uh, prom- promoting and protecting the women's rights uh, within ANDSF because, uh, of course, Afghan women uh, were um, contributing hugely to the uh, ANDSF development uh, and they were very much needed in the field. Uh, But since uh, uh, it was a taboo in Afghan society for women to work in these fields, one of the most 
favorite areas where Afghan women can work and they are actually accepted is only um, the teaching educational field where they can work as teacher or the medical field where they can work as gynecologist. But in other fields, uh, like uh, in national defense and security forces, it was a huge taboo. In what, it was really not acceptable for the society, for the people, and also most of the time for the security forces themselves. Uh, they think that this is a field that is really related to men and why are women working in there. And thus they were not allowing them to... Um, uh, have an equal pay, they were not allowing them to have uh, promotions, and they were usually trying to defame them most of the time, um, organizing smear campaigns against them. Um, so it was really important to work uh, with these women in this field. And um, uh, luckily, uh, I, I, I was the first person uh, where I published uh, the report, uh, a report uh, where we had examined the situation of women in Afghanistan National Defense and Security Forces in three uh, ministries, Ministry of Interior Affairs, Ministry of Defense, and the National Directorate of Security. And uh, that report was published in 2018, and it had a huge impact where uh, the pay um, uh, women and men uh, in the same ranks started getting the equal pay. Uh, a lot of uh, military women got promoted in their positions and their situation, human rights situation, actually really improved. And uh, we uh, organized uh, a lot of trainings uh, in different provinces uh, for uh, military uh, people to um, and military and security forces to start respecting women and uh, we, we we try to help them understand the uh, dire need uh, and for women's uh, work in the field as well. And um, during this whole project that we implemented uh, during five to seven years, uh, the results were uh, very good. And uh, I was happy even when I left AIHRC and that project later on, uh, there were uh, the situation got. Uh, even better for women in this field. And we were seeing a lot of women not only uh, getting equal pay or getting promotions or being respected in the uh, workplace, but also they were um, now leading these organizations. A lot of women uh, started working at the leadership of these organizations and they were trying to um, uh, work uh, on better strategies and better policies to uh, make this field a safer uh, and make this sector a safer place for these women. Thank you so much for sharing uh, about your background. It's very interesting. So like we've spoken about, your career is very interesting, is very impressive. And you've held a range of different roles as a researcher, a human rights defender, but also a Kabul deputy governor. Can you tell us a little bit more about these roles and what parts of them you enjoyed the most and what was the most challenging? I think one of the most uh, interesting uh, experiences was also working as uh, Kabul deputy governor because it was somehow the change of field going from human rights to governance. Um, that was an interesting experience. Uh, however, the most challenging part was again the 
cultural norms where uh, women were not perceived well in uh, politics, particularly in local governance. So uh, just like every other Afghan woman uh, who took the leadership positions during the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan and were faced with enormous challenges, I too had uh, some of those difficult moments uh, from the day I started working where um, I found myself in a room full of men, the only woman, um, uh, until most of them would, uh, particularly the district governors or the military commanders, none of them would uh, want to talk to me or to discuss work with me. Um, they would usually uh, ignore uh, even if they needed my help or my support or uh, even if my signature was needed for something, they would rather go to the governor. And it took a lot of time and a lot of efforts for them to really accept that, okay, we have a woman in the leadership now. And uh, there is nothing wrong with the woman working in the position. Um, and uh, although it was challenging most of the time, not only from my work with my own colleagues, but also in the society, because when you're working in the local governance, you have to work very closely with the people, with the different communities, uh, with elders, with youth, with women, uh, with media, uh, and almost with every uh, part of the society. Uh, while I was uh, very welcomed in the cities, uh, it was really challenging for people in urban areas to um to really um somehow accept me and to consider that okay a woman can be a leader and she can also solve our problems and we can go to her but um uh, later on when they were seeing that i uh, as a woman i was really doing double of the efforts of a man to not only uh, help them but also to improve myself that as a woman i can also do it uh, they, they they started uh, respecting me, they started uh, accepting me, and they started coming with their problems uh, to me. So, yeah, that was also uh, a very rich and challenging experience. Thank you so much for sharing. It sounds very, very interesting. So if we're going to jump into your research now, so the focus of your research is on women's rights violations and accountability. Would you like to expand a bit on the topic and why you chose this one in particular? Um, yeah, so uh, my my interest uh, on the area of uh, women rights and understanding their position in the Afghan society, their status in the Afghan society um, uh, was part at the start of my career, uh, where uh, I, I would see a lot of women face violence, they would uh, face injustice, uh, but uh, it was not only uh, normalized in the society, but even I would, I, would, I, I would see that these women, they would accept this as a part of their life and they would never challenge it or never question that why it is happening. And that's why even 
uh, some of the women who would raise their voices, they were also perceived bad just for asking for their right or seeking justice. Because it was so huge in the society that uh, even if a woman is coming ahead and she is asking for her right, she was perceived bad not only by men in the society, but also by her fellow women, by the woman in her house, by her other sisters, by her mother-in-law, by her sister-in-law, and by those around her. So this was uh, both frustrating and um, also uh, very interesting for me. I wanted to find out that what is really the reason for uh, this uh, phenomena in our society. And that's why I chose uh, uh, my research topic as a vicious cycle of women rights violations and the need for accountability. And in this uh, research, I have examined the underlying causes of violence against women in Afghanistan, uh, while uh, mainly focusing on the continuous struggles between traditional and modernities. Uh, because the majority of traditionalists residing in rural Afghanistan, uh, they hold a profound respect for uh, old normal, uh, which, which consists of uh, age-old norms and entrenched traditions uh, that are mostly in non-conformity with a contemporary approach to governance. And uh, also, from the other hand, there are the modernists, where who are uh, primarily concentrated in urban areas and who are trying to replace these traditional norms with uh, legally endorsed new normal and there were there is this this contradiction between urban and uh, urban areas and rural areas uh, has really created a lot of uh, confusion for the issue of uh, women rights uh, in Afghan society at large. From one side, we have these deep-rooted cultural norms that are not allowing women to go out of their houses. That are not uh, that that cannot uh, imagine a role other than a housewife, a role other than a teacher, a role other than a gynecologist. Uh, that that role of a teacher in gynecologist also just in the cities, but in uh, rural Afghanistan, a woman can just be a mother for her children. She can just be a good wife for her husband, and she can be a good uh, daughter-in-law for her in-laws, but nothing more than that. For her father, unfortunately, most of the time, she is a tool to be sold for the money at a very early age. <clears throat> and although this issue has uh, been exacerbated by the rules of uh, extremists in Afghanistan, like the Taliban, the Mujahideen, uh, and many others in the history. But uh, the reason uh, uh, that I have also uh, uh, delved deeper in my paper into, it is not only the extremists uh, that are violating the women rights, but also it is the large, the context of the society that have created the safer place for these extremists to really openly and uh, really easily violate the women rights. And this is also the context of the society that is uh, motivating these extremist groups to emerge and to target women as their main as, and their first uh, target. So 
um, these are the issues that I, uh, I have analyzed uh, in my paper. What are the root causes of violence against women in the society? And uh, also, what's the need for the accountability? Because as I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Afghans, one of the main challenges in Afghan society is the culture of impunity. And since women have always been perceived as a second sex and as uh, um, as not not even uh, as a equal human being to the man, that's why their um, their their pain, their uh, suffering, uh, and whatever the uh, violence they face throughout their life uh, is is never valued. And uh, men in the society never uh, consider this as a big issue. That's why when Taliban started violating the women's rights violation through, with their edicts throughout their, uh, since, they, since they have taken over the country, uh, not a lot of women ever stand with women to fight in their rights. One of the movements um, uh, on the face of the Taliban is the women's movements of freedom, bread, and uh, work. Well, this is a very legitimate uh, and very humane needs and requirements by the women. Unfortunately, very few, I mean, very few uh, that we can count uh, a number of men stood with them and the others just stayed silent because they don't consider the issue of women as important as other issues. And that's why even uh, this, this perspective of Afghans have also unfortunately influenced the, um, the international community who, who, who is committed to um, implementing women rights and who is committed to international law, international treaties, to the UN Charter, to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Uh, where every human being, irrespective of, of their gender, have equal rights, uh, even though the international community is using the uh, right of women as a political expediency. We, we saw this during the Do Doha peace deal, where um, US uh, government reached to a peace deal with the Taliban while totally ignoring the rights of women in Afghanistan. They knew the Taliban is a regime that is uh, whose main policy is gender-based discrimination and segregation. Yet they didn't care about this issue and they uh, signed the peace deal and uh, they let Taliban um, get over the power while totally undermining the issue of women rights violations. So um, uh, during my research, I have uh, identified four um, uh, main themes and also 11 uh, money sub-themes. The main themes are uh, for women rights violations in Afghanistan is the sociocultural norms, the religious misinterpretation and misconceptions, the ideological uh, politics and uh, political expediency that I pointed out, and also the impunity and the lack of accountability. So these are the main themes uh, that uh, have been found during my research. And I'm hoping that this piece will be uh, both an informative uh, piece for uh, those interested on the uh, and on understanding the root causes of women rights violations in Afghanistan, and also the reasons why um, Afghan women 
throughout the history have been the victim uh, of uh, violence and uh, they have never faced justice and they have never been delivered with justice and even seeking justice for themselves uh, doesn't make sense because it has been so much normalized and they have been so used to it that they they don't see themselves uh, deserving of justice, deserving of a good life, deserving of a life free of violence. So uh, I hope my paper will be interesting for everyone and hope everyone can read it soon. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Uh, I look very much forward to reading your research, as I think a lot of other people are too. Uh, and your research is going to be out soon. Uh, so we're just going to be waiting for it. Uh, but thank you once again so much for uh, for participating and sharing about yourself and sharing about the work that you've been doing. Thank you so much, Nikita, for the opportunity and uh, looking forward for the publish of my papers.